Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sam Mann, and I'm going to be your host for the next couple of hours tonight. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, boy. Got a lot to say tonight, actually. Oh, there's my creepy clock starting off right at the beginning of the show. How about that? Can't beat that, can you? So, before I uh, get into to the show, just let me tell you, um, I'm going to introduce my guest. He's been on the show a couple of times before. We've always traditionally, we've always had him on in April for Skeptics Night. And um, I haven't been on the air for quite a while, obviously. And I'm going to get into that in just a few minutes. But I uh, want to welcome my guest back to the show. I think this is uh, three times now. This is uh, three times. This is uh, Mr. John Harrison here for uh, Skeptics Night for 2016. So welcome back to Fair Reality Radio, Mr. John Harrison. Thank you, Mr. Stanley. It is a pleasure as always. Oh, probably going to have to get you to speak up a little bit there. Okay. Uh, we'll, a little closer. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll arrange things a little bit better here. Let's see. How's that? Okay. I think that can work. Okay. No. No. We're doing good. Okay. So we'll just... Uh, We'll just lean into the mic. How's, how's that? Lean it in. Lean it in, yeah. So, welcome back to the show, Mr. John Harrison. Thank you. I think this uh, ties you for the uh, guest with the most appearance. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Rick Hayes uh, probably, uh, he's been on the show, um, I think, three times. Um, let's see, who else have I had on the show three times? I think I've had uh, uh, one of our local um, guys here in the Nashville area, Mr. Tony Pratt. He's been on the show, I think, uh, three times. So you're you're tied three for three here. This is your third appearance here on Fair Reality Radio. So uh, it is an honor. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you agreeing to do this uh, one more time. Um, as I said just a second ago, uh, traditionally we've been doing this in April uh, as part of Skeptics Night, and I always thought. April was good because of you know April Fool's Day and everything like that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, made sense to me in my in my way of thinking, it made sense. Uh, but uh, you've been a uh, not only have you been a been a, a, a great guest and and whenever traditionally we've had the Skeptics Night, um, it's gotten pretty good reviews. A lot of people have listened and downloaded the show, so people like you as a guest and people like what we talk about here on Skeptics Night. And you have been traditionally a good guest. You have been uh, a loyal friend of the show, and I really appreciate that. Um, last time we uh, we hung out together was uh, World UFO Day last year, 2015. That was interesting. That was, that was very, interesting. very interesting. Have you told your listeners about that? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh as a matter of fact, uh, the first show that I did when I came back from World UFO Day, I told them about that. That was um, not what we were expecting it to be. Um, and, you know, I I checked to see if they were doing another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, it, in case you did not know, that was a complete disaster, our, our, my appearance at World UFO Day. And I thought it would be kind of great and ironic to have someone with me who was a skeptic yeah 
such as yourself. And you know, uh, the, the people who ask the most interesting questions um, happen to be the, the the kids who are playing in the gym. They ask the most questions. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we were supposed to be. We were supposed to be um, in an outdoor venue, and then at the last minute, the 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 people that were putting it on decided they were going to make it uh, make it an indoor venue because of weather, and the it, it was supposed to rain, and it never did rain. So we mm-hmm. moved uh, the whole thing got moved inside to this gym, and there was a crowd of kids playing basketball in the gym it was it was a day it was a daycare at the park or whatever it was and you know so they were doing day camp for that that day and of course all the kids were doing their their kid thing you know they're playing their games and running around and you got counselors and teachers doing their thing and it's like all these little tables just got kind of put on the side of the gym yeah (laughs) It was it was interesting. Yeah, it was. It was a com- complete disaster as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the food was really good. <laughs> Memphis is really good for food. Yeah, not the food at the festival. No, 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 <laughs> just, no. The, just the food around Memphis. God, yeah. we made a freaking pigs out of ourselves. But I, I appreciate you um, agreeing to go with me on that thing. I know it wasn't like um, the best uh, time for you. You know, as far as uh, how things were, that um, wasn't the best time for me either. At least, at least I had someone there to oh, enjoy least... the misery with. <laughs> hey, misery loves company, and it was it, the trip was fun in and of itself. Yeah, it was a chance to get away. At, uh, so yeah, so that was like the last time that we kind of like uh, hung out together, and uh, I've been, um, how shall we say? kind of uh, on a little mini vacation ever since then. And before we get into Skeptics Night, I think I'm going to uh, just, I think I owe the listeners out there a little explanation about what's been going on with me and what what I've been doing. So my last show up until now was uh, back in September of 2015. And uh, 2015 and 2016, that was going to be, those were going to be like the years for Fair Reality Radio, man. I was getting my mojo back. I was thinking things were going to progress and I was going to maybe even do the show more than once a month. I was thinking about, man, I can probably do this thing like what I used to do, do it, do it twice a month. Because back in the, the heyday of Fair Reality Radio, back when I was at my peak, I was doing two shows a month, so every other week. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Actually, at one point, for like two years, I was doing an episode a week. I had two shows. I was doing one back when I was with Life 365, and then I was doing that on the uh, was it the, the the first and third Fridays of every month. And then I had a gig on a terrestrial radio station here in the Nashville, Tennessee area called WRFN, and I was doing my show on the second and fourth Fridays of the month. So every Friday I was doing an episode, a two hour long show. And if there just so happened to be one of those months I had like a fifth Friday in there, I had I had that week off. Mm-hmm. And I did that for like two or two and a half years. I think it was like two and a half years. And uh 
I let the WRFN thing go. Um, was concentrating more on my Life 365 shows because as much as I loved doing WRFN, it was man, it was a great experience. I didn't own the rights to my own program. WRFN owned that. That just doesn't feel good. No, it 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 didn't. Um, which I I can understand to a, a point where they're coming from with that. Uh, but uh, anyway, I didn't own the rights to those shows. Uh, everything that I did with the Life 365, I totally owned. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to go back to and stay with, you know, where I have basically control over my show. Now, they did not, uh, I, I'm not poo-pooing WRFN. They were great. They stayed. They were completely hands-off. Uh they did not try to control my my show. They didn't stick their hands in it. Um, they didn't mess with it in any way. I, I was I did what I wanted to do, um, but it just kind of stuck in my crawl, you know, that I didn't own the rights to everything that I was doing. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and just or I'm going to stay with Live 365, and and that's what I did. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, right? if you're yeah. putting your blood, sweat, and tears into something, you know. You want to be able to say yes, I did this, no. and this is what I do, and you control what you want to do with it. Exactly, and so that's kind of where I ended. Was uh, I did my Life three hundred and sixty five gig for five years, and uh, it came a time where I had to had to let something go. Um, I was at a, a busy point in my life, and I just couldn't couldn't fit it in and it was uh causing some personal issues yeah and then the lawsuits happened uh yeah talk about that. no no there's this still we're still gonna go to trial with a couple of those things um so i i those pl- those pl- charges pl- are completely bogus by the e- way exactly yes i i'm going to be completely exonerated um i quote unquote retired after doing it five years and then i think i only stayed retired for a couple of years or so and, and I was like man I really miss it so I came back but in a much more subdued uh, tone uh, I was no longer with the Life 365 I went with uh, Spreaker who I'm still with and I was doing the show you know once a month and that's how things have kind of been uh, up until last year mm-hmm. um, I what started the downward spiral was I uh, my my studio? Sex addiction? Well, n- that's been going on for a long time. <laughs> that has uh, my my ass fetish is it's it's just part of who I am. Okay. Um, but seriously, um, what started the downward spiral from last year was that in my, my here in the the Perry Radio Studio, the computer that I use, I made the mistake of upgrading to Windows 10, that free upgrade, and it fucked my computer all to hell. Um, And so I was reduced to doing the show from my dining room table. And I did like two or three... First of all, I got behind because I couldn't fix my my computer in my studio. And then I was trying to do these makeup shows to get back on schedule and I was doing them from my my home uh, with my laptop 
in my dining room table and it was working, working out okay and uh, in the middle of all this um, I have uh, started back to college yet again this time to get my master's degree and I've been devoting a lot of time to school which uh, I was doing the same damn thing whenever I was doing WRFN and Life 365. I was doing that and working and going to school. I don't know how the hell I managed to do it all. I was younger then, too. Yeah. Um, but So I was trying to devote some stuff to school. I was pissed off because I couldn't fix my computer, and I was reduced to doing it at the house with uh, you know my laptop, and I didn't have all of my stuff that I normally have. And I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling, and I was very very pissed off and I was getting behind and I had finally figured out how I was getting my computer fixed everything was going to be great and I I, I got sick actually uh, one year ago today I got sick with laryngitis of, of all things and I stayed sick with that for a little while, it was like a couple of months that I couldn't get my voice back and for someone who does a talk show having laryngitis is not a good thing and <clears throat> I've been literally I have been sick with my voice for a whole year and that combined with school combined with my day job combined with my computer all screwing up and everything I just got so effing frustrated that I threw my hands up and said, "That's it. I got to. I got to take a step back." And so I did. And <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't say anything to anybody. It was just like, "Oh, where'd you go? You're gone." And so I kind of owe the fans an apology uh, for that because I just kind of disappeared and I gave no updates on my website. I didn't send anything out on Twitter. I didn't um, put anything on Facebook. That's right, you're a bad announcer. Yeah, I I really should have said something, and I just didn't. And uh, I do feel bad for it. And literally, really, my my voice has been screwed up for a whole entire year. And uh, I went to the doctor a couple of times. um, And the first time I went to the doctor, he was like, okay, we're going to try this treatment right here. And we're going to try that for a few months and see what happens. And we did it for six months and literally nothing, nothing changed. And I still was losing my voice, still had a very hoarse, raspy sounding voice, Um, especially like towards the end of the day. The more I would talk, the more I would literally just lose my voice. Mm -hmm. So finally, I, 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 I... we try. I tried this treatment for six months. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing worked at all. No, no change. So I went back to the doctor and said, "This is not helping. I, I got to do something." And he was like, "Okay. Well, before I refer you to an ENT guy and they stick a scope down your throat, let's try this other treatment here. This combo treatment thing of some antihistamines and and." Uh, Nasal cord, yeah, you know, uh, and that has cured me. I'm I'm not 100% back like I was, 
but I'm like 97, 98% back, and I'll take that. Uh, so now I can I can actually have a voice to do a two-hour long show, whereas before I, I, for the last like year, I literally could not. I mean, it was literally like on my birthday last year, I got laryngitis. Mm-hmm. And stayed sick basically with laryngitis for all, pretty much a whole year. Wow. And for a guy that that talks on a radio show on a podcast, it, it doesn't doesn't help. No. So no. what so, you're saying to the world is you got your mojo back and it's time to get back in. I am back and I'm going to finish out this year. I'm going to do you know just one show a month from now to the end of the year. And then we're 2017. I'm going to really, hopefully, we're going to be. I'm going to be back for the whole year. Things are going to be good. I'm going to pick back up where I started See, or I, I left be off at. Me, I should be thanking <laughs> you. I am seeing your return. That's right, baby. The return. Of the, the return King. of Sandman. That's right. So I really appreciate. What do you think of the uh, adult beverage I provided? I you, like Bobby? this. Can we do an on-air semi-formal <laughs> announcement? The drink of the day is Bold cool. Rock Hard Cider. Which is pretty decent. IPA. IPA. Yeah. India pressed apples. India pressed <laughs> apples. Yes, I've actually had that, and it's not bad. I'm, I'm not a drinker. I don't really. I'm a teetotaler. That's what I've got right here in my glass is tea. But <clears throat> hey, you know, you come be a guest on the show, and what happens? You, I, I take you into my home. I cook you dinner. I feed you, and then I take you here to the studio, and I provide you with adult beverages. Yeah. How could I say no? Exactly. <laughs> since since I have no money to pay guests, <laughs> I have to feed them. So hey, if you want to be an in studio guest, that's is there's a lot of perks. Be hungry. Yeah, there's a lot of perks. If there's anyone listening right now that wants to be an in studio guest, hey, come on, I'll feed you and I'll provide you with adult beverages should you be over the age of twenty one. So it's not a it's not that bad of a gig. I don't no, think so. No. So before we get into everything, let me tell everybody how they can get in touch with with us here on the show. Now, right now, we are not doing this live. This is a pre-recorded show. However, should you want to get in touch with me here on the show, or should you want to get in touch with my guest, Mr. John Harrison, I'm not going to give you his email address or or contact information. You're going to go through me, and I will forward your, your request or question to him. So, how can you get in touch with me here on Pair Reality Radio? There are a few different ways. First of all, you can always email me. And my email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can visit my Facebook page. Just look for Parareality Radio on Facebook. Or you can call the the studio line the number to call is area code 615 then dial 6921170 that number to call once again is area code 6156921170 those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me sandman at parareality hit me up on facebook parareality radio on facebook or call 6156921170 just leave a message um since i'm 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 back in the studio, back doing the show. You you may catch me. You can call twenty four seven three sixty five. You may catch me. I may be there working on the show. Hell, I may be actually doing a show. Who knows? Or you know, if I'm not there, you just leave a message. But 
be aware that if you do leave a message, that's giving me permission to play your message back on the air. So if you do not want it played back, if you don't want to hear yourself, you better tell me when you leave a message, don't play this on the air because I just might. So those are the different ways you can get in touch with me here, Sandman here on Parareality Radio. Single ladies can get in touch with me anytime. If <laughs> yeah. you're only single when you're away from the house, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just get in touch with me here, and I will forward your information to all the single ladies. I will forward it to Mr. John Harrison here, who is, uh, by the way, a scientist. That's right. He is a scientist. He's also in the medical profession, confirmed skeptic. Very much. And that's why he's here on Skeptics Night. Now, but that does not mean that I don't think that there is something else to this reality. Because there is. I just want there to be proof. More than, scientific more than somebody saying, oh, look, I saw something in the sky. Let's have a little interest. Well, yeah. Let's have a little facts. <laughs> Let's have a little evidence here. Let's have a little rational thought behind it. Because believe me, if we ever found anything like that, it would be big news. And it would be very important for all of us. So, people may be wondering why I have a skeptic on a a show like this, where we talk about all kind of weird and unusual things like UFOs and aliens and Paranormal things like ghosts and demons and chemtrails. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. So, I think it's healthy to get someone such as yourself, who is uh, you're a smart guy. Let's face it, you have more than one college degree. You are a scientist. You have worked in both the medical fields and in the scientific areas and the sciences, science fields, and. I think it's, it's I think it's healthy. I think it's great to have someone such as yourself to come on the show and let's talk about different viewpoints of these things. And besides that, um, you know, you can't just have one side to the story all the time because mm-hmm. people are used to hearing me and they're used to hearing my side of the story and. The way that I have always presented myself since day one is that I am an open-minded skeptic. I believe that there's things going on. Um, I'm very hesitant to believe these things. Uh, I want to see proof of them myself, but yet I'm probably a little bit more open-minded to it than you are. I have seen things. I have experienced things that I can't explain. Do I have proof of that? Not really, but I know what I saw. I know what I felt. I know what I was going through at the time. So I know that there's something. Can I prove it? No. Do I believe that there's strange things out there? Do we survive after death with our spirits or our souls or whatever, our energy? Yes, I think something does. Do I think there's extraterrestrial life? Yes, the universe is too big for the earth to be the only form of intelligent life in the whole entire universe. Now, do I think that these people have come here and, you know, been kidnapping us for centuries and anally probing us? Eh, maybe. 
maybe I don't know so and do I think that, do I believe in chemtrails yes no yes no. they're real chemtrails are real it's called a contrail there's a difference there is a difference sir there's a switch in the plane <laughs> the chemtrail on switch <laughs> the chemtrail on switch right. exactly yes so <clears throat> anyway that's why I like to have you on the show is it, to get a different view viewpoint a, a different opinion you know and a lot of people just don't seem to do that these days it's like they turn off anything that they don't yeah. like to hear and you get to trapped in a an echo chamber where everybody is only hearing the things that you want to hear or the things yeah. that you believe and it self-reinforces and it closes your mind off to other opinions and other thoughts especially people who do shows like this because they want people guests on the show who specifically adhere to their viewpoint mm -hmm. and one of the whole purposes uh, that people do this is to try to sway others to their viewpoint and I have never been like that uh, like I said I've always presented myself as an open-minded skeptic and one of the things that I've always said is that I am presenting the evidence to you as the listener and I'm letting you make up your own mind as to whether you believe it or not. Oh, if you did, if don't did, believe it, that's fine. Did you see? Did you see the thing about the man who was dissing NASA and Pluto because he was saying the entire New Horizons mission was an absolute fake? No, I oh, haven't seen it. You saw that. No, no, no. Oh, I have. I, ha I actually have not seen it. Oh, so. that was it. The whole thing just made me want to rip out what was left of my hair. <laughs> wow. Oh, the, the, the level of NAT in that was just ridiculous. But you know that they found uh, another planet, or not another planet, another moon. Well, they do, in our solar system. Some scientists do believe that they think that there is another planet out there, a large, say, like Neptune-sized planet. Nibiru. Nibiru. Or Nibiru, and depending on how you want to say it. Nibiru. And the reason that they think this is that they're looking at the skewed orbits of the other Kuiper Belt objects. Yeah. The fact that they're inclined at such an acute angle to the rest of the solar system. And not only not only inclination is wrong, but the orientation is so weird. And they're thinking, why are these bodies skewed off and at such a corkscrewy angle, the reason that they're thinking is that, well, there could be a third body influencing those other two. And they could be in a resonant harmony in their orbits with each other. So the indirect evidence for another planet is there, according to these... I, I, I cannot remember where they were from, whether they were from Caltech. I'll look well, it up. I can there, find out. There is actually... Um, just, I think it was just this week they've announced that, that Earth actually has a second moon. Did oh, you really? know this? Oh, really? Yes. It is a very small um, rock that orbits like the Earth and the Sun, I believe is how it goes goes around. Mm -hmm. uh, where at, and it's kind of more of Oh, is this like one, a, a is this wobbly? A rock trapped in the in one of the Lagrange points. 
I'm not that intelligent to be able to speak like that, but it 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 uh, it's got a wobbly orbit, whereas the moon orbits the Earth in a circular pattern. This is a wobbly, um, not quite elliptical, but very similar, very close to to being an elliptical. But it goes around the Earth and the Sun, and it only comes around. I forgot how often, and it's so small that uh, scientists have just missed it, and they just now discovered it. Uh, but they're calling it a, a, a second moon for the Earth. Uh, but it's not really a moon. Right. But right. that's what they're calling it. In the way that orbital mechanics works, and believe me, orbital mechanics is not my cup of tea. I'm not a physicist by any means. But there are balance points between two gravitational objects. Um, at least six of them, if I'm remembering correctly. And they're called Lagrange points. Okay. And at those balance points between, say, like if you take these two objects right here, there could, in directly in between where the gravity balances out, that's one Lagrange point right here. Okay. Okay. And then you can have one on the opposite side, one leading, one trailing, and then one completely opposite of the orbital pair. All of those are points where the gravity kind of balances out, and it's kind of like a a place in space where the gravity tides are very weak and it's calm. And in those places you can have uh, asteroids or meteors or whatnot that are get trapped there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same thing as when you have a little ocean current where you have a dead space in it and just trash collects in the dead space. Right. Um, there's couple of groups of asteroids, I believe they're called the Trojans, and they follow um, Jupiter and some of the Lagrange points around Jupiter. Those are kind of big and they're easy to see. Um, so you possibly, this report that you were referring to may have be talking about some asteroids that we're finding in the Earth's Lagrange points. Um, I do not know. I just skimmed over an article uh, a few days ago, I think probably like on Monday, uh, about it. And I didn't really, didn't have time to check into it much further. So I've told you basically everything that I know. So speaking of space and... Uh, It was Caltech. Okay. It was Caltech in January of this year. Okay that were um, releasing evidence for a ninth planet based on the orbits of other... Or a tenth planet, if you still consider Pluto to be a planet. Well, I really don't consider Pluto to be a planet. I I agree with with the newer classification system that Pluto is more like a Kuiper Belt object than it is the rest of the other planets that we have, just because of the the geography and the geology of Pluto that we've been able to discover with the New Horizons probe, and the fact that when we take Pluto away from the rest of the planets, that opens up an entire new range of worlds out there that we've yet to discover, because we're realizing that Pluto, Sedna, and um, Kualar, if I'm remembering that name correctly, 
are all planets of this new type, which which we're turning a dwarf planet. Which is basically a big rock. Ice. Lots of ice. What if a rock in there? We're still trying to figure it out because the information we got from the New Horizons probe from Pluto, it's absolutely mind-boggling. We have no idea how in the world Pluto is doing whatever it's doing. Well, welcome to uh, the world of the unexplained, buddy. Hey. That's what this show's all about. That's right. right. So, like, like I was going to say, speaking of space and stuff like that, we've talked in uh, past shows about you know the possibility of life on other planets, and I think you and I are both pretty much of the same mindset that we we both think that there's life elsewhere. Yes. Whether it's as far advanced as we are, less advanced, further advanced, whatever. Uh, but the possibility, it, I think the possibility that there's all three is is huge. Um, so I don't really want to rehash that because we've already talked about it. Um, and if you want to hear what we've talked about in the past, just look up here on Spreaker, look up Skeptis Night 2014, 2015, and you'll, you'll be able to, to listen to it. But what I want to ask you, being the big scientific brain brainiac here, uh, do you think that with the, the new push to go to Mars and with them wanting to do that within the next several years, do you think that certainly it's not going to be within our lifetime, not with our generation, but maybe the generation after us, our, our children? Well, it depends on how crazy Elon Musk is. <laughs> do, you, do you think that our children, that generation... Do you think that they're going to be the ones to discover life on other planets? Or do you think it's going to be something that's going to be even that much further out? I certainly hope that it occurs before the end of this century. I think there's a good shot of it. Um, I, I'm not completely privy to NASA's research budget, and of course it could change at any time depending on how wacky our government is, which is pretty freaking wacky right now. Um, but no, if Congress doesn't fund money for our new overlords hair pieces come this November, there could be a good shot that within the next 10 years we could have a 10, 20 years, 25 years, we could have a Europa mission where we could send a probe to one of the one of the larger moons of Jupiter, Europa, that has an ice crust and we believe a very, very, very large ocean of liquid water underneath it. Which any time that we have found on Earth, anywhere that there's water, there's, there's life. life. Yeah. So there's a pretty decent shot of that. Um, specifically coming back to Mars. If we can find liquid water flowing on Mars, which we have good photographic evidence that says, yes, there is liquid water on Mars currently, then there's always a shot for life. Um, with Mars, I the best I understand it is that the, the chemistry on Mars is very hostile to organic proteins that we know of 
because of the chemical on Mars called perchlorates. Essentially, it's a chlorine molecule. And that just rips proteins to shreds because the chlorine gets in there and it causes the amino acids to alter their form. And when you alter a protein's form, you alter a protein's function. And on Earth, it, it pretty much knocks everything out. Imagine an entire planet filled with Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. It's a very clean planet. So would it necessarily be life like we're expecting it right here? Probably not. Would it be some type of bacterial life that may have evolved some type of enzyme to deal with this? Maybe. Um, so that's what you're thinking that, that we're going to discover is bacterial life? Yes. Microscopic life? Yes. Just simply because here on Earth micro, microscopic life outweighs everything else living on Earth. I mean, right now, on you, there are more, on you and inside you, there are more bacteria cells than you have cells of your own body. So, it just stands to reason, if there's going to be any life, it's going to be small and simple. It's just easier. Um, another problem with Mars is the fact that it doesn't have a magnetic field and it doesn't have a thick atmosphere, so it is subject to direct hard radiation from the sun mm -hmm. because it can't deflect um, solar wind or solar storms, and it doesn't have an ozone layer, so it's bathed with ultraviolet radiation, which both of those are sterilizing. So as far as we understand it right now, the surface of Mars is sterilized and made of dried Clorox. So, did you see that movie, The Martian, the Matt Damon movie? No, I did not. You would enjoy that because um, it's very scientific. I just was going to ask you how, how you know, realistic did you think it was? Because the, these astronauts stranded on Mars, and he basically. Um, grows potatoes, potatoes. Uh, in the Martian soil using oil and primer sticking in his feet. <laughs> yeah, he uses uh, you know, feces as a compost, so mm -hmm. he grows them out of his own shit. I, from what I understand about it, it's as realistic as it could be to actually serve a story. So, it, pretty good. So, you don't think that within the next 100 years, or by the end of this century, let's say, that we're going to find evidence of intelligent life on another planet. I don't think intelligent life is really what we should be looking for. I think we should just be looking for life. Because if we find one more instance of life in our solar system, which is in the middle fuck of bumfuck Egypt nowhere, Milky Way galaxy, then what does that tell you about the occurrence of life in the rest of the galaxy or in the rest of the universe? It ought to tell you that it's everywhere, or the potential for it is everywhere. If there's only two instances in our little neck of nowhere, that's pretty good. Just just the fact that there's life on this planet means that there's makes a case that there's life elsewhere as far as I'm concerned. 
I, mm, well, not really. I mean, we could be the oddball out of all of it. Well, the planet is in the perfect location, you know, as far as distance from the sun. Everything on this planet is perfect for life. Well, perfect for our life. Okay, and it's not only because True we're that. in the perfect I'll, spot. We touche, also, sir, I'll give you that. We yeah. also had a perfect companion in in the gas giant Jupiter being able to deflect comets from our path which could run into the Earth and just absolutely mess with everybody's day. Uh, we also had the fortuitousness to have our moon um, which we believe was from an impact with a Mars-sized body right when the solar system was being formed and now we have this giant moon which is orbiting us and stabilizing our axial tilt. You know, so there's just a whole bunch of happy accidents. You know, the fact that we have a magnetic field to protect life from solar radiation, you know, hard radiation, not, and we have a tectonic cycle which recycles nutrients you know there's compared to Venus which doesn't have a tectonic cycle it's locked the crust is absolutely locked and frozen you know so there's a whole bunch of things which make Earth unique completely unique not I mean but we're discovering more and more stuff the further and further we look you know so each planet is unique in its own special way but here we are earth we've got all these facts which make earth habitable for life or conducive to life and the fact that we've got a stable axial tilt we've got you know none of the nutrients are being completely locked up and locked away because they're cycling and you know we're not being bombarded with an asteroid every hundred million years and absolutely resetting the clock on everything there's a lot a lot a lot a lot and that's pretty special it is pretty special you know so people who believe in god and who believe in a more evangelical strain of christianity like to think that God did this specifically for us and sometimes it's tempting mm -hmm. yeah, to agree with that because of when you look at how special this place really is well, but it could also be just because we're specifically made to live here yeah, yeah. which was kind of going to lead me into my next little question here I'm glad you kind of open the door up for that by the way I just want to say one little thing here if there is a God and he made us in his image why aren't we all invisible <laughs> I just saying yeah you know, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> so you made a very interesting point is were we made to live here so you know from our past conversations and everything that uh, I am a Sitchinite. I am an ancient astronaut theorist, if if you will. 
Um, and I do believe that in the past we were visited by some superior technologically, you know, advanced race from somewhere, extraterrestrials. And I really do think that they probably took the life that was already here. They didn't make us, so to speak. They didn't create us. They took the Neanderthal or the Cro-Magnon or whichever one it was, probably Neanderthal, and they basically genetically manipulated it to get us where we're we're at today. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even you will have to admit there is a huge jump in our evolutionary cycle that can't be explained, i.e. the missing link, so to speak. I think the missing link is more in our grasp. The missing link is our inability to grasp and understand the evolutionary process as lay people because I don't think we're doing a good enough job in science education to really show what the evidence is. And I don't, I'm also, I don't think we do a very good job at explaining to the lay people that this is our best idea based on the evidence that we have. You know, sometimes... You like my candle? I do. I do. It's uh, what's what's the flavor? What it was? It what is it? Uh, kind of spicy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's something spice. Yeah, black pepper. Yeah, yeah. You can see, you know, for example, you can watch a show on the Discovery Channel like that, and they say, "Oh, this is this, and that is that, and this is this, and that is that." And they generally don't do a very good job of explaining, well, this is this way we believe because X, Y, Z. Because that doesn't make for a lot of good drama on TV <laughs> when somebody has, you know, an attention span of a fruit fly. Yeah. You know, one good show that did some background on this was The Walking with Dinosaurs. Um, yeah, good show. Good show. Because you know they would dramatize, if that's a word, dramatize. Yes, I believe, would, believe you're correct. They would dramatize a a scene with you know this dinosaur living in this environment with these other animals and having to survive and do what dinosaurs do. And then when the commercial break happened, there would be a little vignette or a little snippet where it would say you know. This animal lived blah 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 years ago, and we believe that it lived in this environment based upon this type of rock and that type of rock and that type of rock. And lay people don't get to see that, but when you're in class and you're learning about it, you learn about the entirety of the idea. And we just we don't really explain that. And why is that? Is it because that we're having to pander to a television audience or mm. 
whatever audience and we're having to just say, okay, we just need to get this out here because, you know, they're going to get bored and go away or anything like that. Or, but if we're doing that, aren't we doing a disservice by not explaining the background of it? Or are we just assuming that everybody has a background and they understand this? I don't think that anybody would say that those show producers are assuming that everyone's going to understand that. I, I think it has to do with with attention span and trying to keep things as interesting and controversial as I can and keep it entertaining mm-hmm. in a very short time frame. Because let, let's face it, you could have, you know, this this whole walking with dinosaurs thing was it was a mini series and each episode was like what two hours long. Yeah. You could spend an hour out of each episode explaining why we think the Tyrannosaurus Rex was a meat eater, a carnivore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's plenty of evidence to the contrary that says he might have been a scavenger. Exactly. You know, but people aren't, you're not going to sit down, you're not going to get the general population to sit down and watch an hour on an explanation for that. Well, I would. <laughs> but, you know. Right. That's, that's why you're not going to get to enjoy the population. But the reason that I brought that up is about the genetic manipulation with the ancient astronauts or the ancient aliens is because I happen to know that you are a fan of the show Ancient Aliens. Correct? Yes. yes. Okay. It is my guilty pleasure. Why is a skeptic a fan of a show like that? Because it's such a cool idea. I mean, it's... Aha! We have a breakthrough. It's such a cool idea. You're being converted. Slowly but, but surely. But at the same time, you can you can apply the same argument to aliens coming down and manipulating humanity. You know, aliens mm-hmm. did it. As it's the same argument as aliens made the pyramids. You know, the, oh, this is so complex. This is so amazing. Certainly, we couldn't have done it. We had to have aliens come and do it. Well, it, it's the same argument, you know, and no, humans pretty much made the pyramids, except that we were really crafty and used our resources efficiently and just worked yeah, humans, really hard. Humans made the pyramids at the, uh, at the you know, instructions of the aliens. Right, you know, because they were landing, landing towards for giant pyramid spaceships from Stargate. <laughs> Daniel Jackson was right. But it, it's it's the same argument. I mean, it it devalues it devalues us, and well, I think we're pretty amazing. As a species, as a as a species, yes, we are very amazing. I think you're right. We're capable of doing more than what um, a lot of people give us credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it also elevates the idea also elevates us and sometimes I think people like to think of them as being a little higher or a little better than others but I don't know when you spend some time with animals and you think God you know this animal is pretty intelligent or if you take some time to think about psychology and you're trying to understand how the mind works and how it's I think my dog is self-aware for sure yeah you see that well you know I guess what I'm trying to say is that 
I see us as being part of the web of life that's on this planet, not separate from it. And I see too many similarities of us versus other life on this planet to think that we were specially taken up and messed with by aliens. You know, we we don't have to have aliens to get us to where we're at. But it's more fun to think that. But it is really fun. Yes. <laughs> but I, you makes know, makes an awesome story. Makes an awesome show. Yeah. I mean, they're in their tenth season. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a show like that would be on for 10 seasons? Because, you know, their first season was like, I think, just like four or six two-hour episodes. Do you remember back when they when they first had, yeah. when they first came on, it was two hours each episode, two hours long. Wow. And they only did, I think it was six of them. And they had no idea... Uh, Sukulos was, of course, you know, he is the ancient alien guy. You know, it's kind of like his show. I'm doing mm. the, the air quotes. It's kind of like his show, you know. Um, but he's like a, was a consulting producer or something like that on the first, uh, for the first season. And they, they are, however it worked out. But anyway, I, I heard an interview with him and he said, you know, they just did, someone contacted him about, hey, would you like to do this little the show, you know, about the ancient alien theory. So he was like, sure. And they did, you know, the six episodes, the one thing, and they didn't think they were ever going to have any, you know, we'll just do the little, it's like a mini-series type deal. Mm-hmm. Never have anything to do with it again, you know. And it was such a huge success that they brought it, you know, brought it back for season two. Mm-hmm. And then season two was such a hit, and then they went, well, let's do season three. And it's just, it's on and on and on. I think it's not going to last much more beyond the the ten seasons. Well, they're kind of running we'll out of things to say. Look, this, you, this is ancient alien evidence. Yeah, you can you can only do you know so much before you start rehashing yeah. the same things over and over again. And if you if you'll notice over the ten seasons, Sucralos isn't on every episode. Have you noticed this? Yes. You know why he's not in every episode. Uh, no. Because those theories that he doesn't subscribe to or believe in, he will not participate in those shows. Really? Really. So even though us ancient astronaut theorists are out there with our beliefs, we don't necessarily believe every ancient astronaut theory that's mm-hmm. out there. Well, yeah, because some of them do. Yes sort of contradict themselves. There are some kind of theories out there that are way out. Yes. Um, but yeah, Sukulos doesn't, uh, the, the ones that he's like, eh, I, don't, I can't go there, you know, he, he just doesn't appear on the show, mm-hmm. which I, I got I to gotta commend him for that. And even uh, Eric Von Daniken, who is considered to be the godfather of the ancient astronaut theory because, he's our chariots because of, of Chariots of the Gods, even he doesn't subscribe to all of the ancient astronaut theories. Mm-hmm. And he, he even admits that some of his early theories were completely wrong. Yeah. So, you know, while these guys are, the, the majority of them, are super weird, I think that they are also, uh, a lot of them will draw that line in the sand. It's like, I know I have some weird shit, but I can't 
cross this line over yeah. to your weird shit beliefs. I can't I can't do it. So I will give those guys, you know, kudos on that. Um by the way, major announcement while we're talking about the ancient uh aliens uh show. Um you know, they're having Alien Con, the first ever Alien Con in October of this year. Where at? Uh Santa Clara, California. Mm. Yeah. Uh Pure Reality Radio will be at Alien Con. Major announcement. Ooh. I will be there at Alien Con and if I am able to do some sort of live remote broadcast. I am going to do it. It's right next to Silicon Valley in San Francisco. I have been to San Diego. I ha- that's the only place in Cali that I've ever been. So I'm it's a nice city. San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to see there a lot. Uh, or I didn't get to experience it a lot. I was uh, there for a convention mm-hmm. for... Uh, my day job and so i just got to i was only there for just a, a couple of days and the only place i got to go was the gas lamp district mm-hmm. but, uh, i did like it beautiful yes very yeah beautiful. my hotel was uh right in the bay area i had a had a great view of the bay and everything it was it was great um but yeah i'm going to be pair reality radio is going to be representing at uh, at alien con Sukalos will be there. I'm going to have my Team Sukalos shirt on. Yes. I'm going to make up a Team Sukalos shirt, and I'm going to wear it. There's only going to be one member of the team, but <laughs> no. No. I'll have you can be there in spirit. You okay. should go. Okay. You should go. You should prostitute yourself out. I could do that and go. I could do that. Yeah. Listeners, we need your help. <laughs> Send John Harrison. <laughs> To Alien Con with Pair Reality Radio. We're going to set up a GoFundMe page. You two can donate. We only need what? How much money do you think it'll take you to get there? Uh, $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's all we need. It's two grand to get John Harrison there. That'll buy him a plane ticket to and from and a hotel. You can you can bunk with me and we'll split everything. All two right. grand should be plenty. I can just meet Sukalos and say, all right, lay it on. <laughs> That uh, just bring it. I want to hear. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff I could say about that particular comment. Now that I'm going to keep completely to myself because it's not that kind of show. Thank you very much. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Well, we are. We're right at. Oh, there it is. There's the creepy clock. We're right at the top of the hour, so uh, it is time to take a break, and I'm going to play Poquito Musico for you guys and uh, Mr. Harrison and I will take a break let you listen to a little music we'll be back in a few minutes
Hello, everybody. This is Sandman. I want to thank you for listening to Parareality Radio, and I'd like to invite you to check out my side project. It's called Set It Off. It's a half-hour-long show where I vent my frustrations about anything from politics, religion, pop culture, and celebrities, to rude people, stupid people, or that guy who drives too slow in the fast lane. It can be just about anything that, well, sets me off. It can only be heard on Spreaker and on Facebook. Just go to Spreaker.com and search for Set It Off. Or listen to it on my Facebook page, which is Sandman.Parareality. There's no set schedule for the show because it's completely random. So check for new episodes often. Remember, it's called Set It Off, and you never know what I'm going to say next. Do you want to get in touch with the show? Got a comment about tonight's episode? Maybe you've got an idea for a topic for a future episode. Email me, sandman at parareality.com. Leave a message on the studio line at 615-692-1170. Listen to new episodes of Parareality Radio the first Monday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time online at parareality.com. Turn on, tune in, and find out. I just realized that commercial that I played was a little bit wrong because it says uh, new episodes can be heard on the first Monday of every month. I have changed that. We're going to have new episodes on the first Friday of every month. Same time, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Turn on tuning to find out. Okay, so when we left at the, the break at the top of the hour, we were talking about ancient aliens, the ancient alien theory, and alien con and stuff like that. So I, I wanna wanna switch gears here. By the way, before we switch gears, I just I just have you to do this one. Souvenir, at least. I, I, I will I will get you something. I want the, the, you know, the, the little gold flyer pin. Oh, dude, if they have those, I want the. The one with the, you know, sometimes he wears one that has a little man with the wings type look looking thing on it. I oh, want to get really? that one. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So I'll get you the flyer. I'll have the wing. Yeah. The guy with the little guy with the wings. Maybe maybe your souvenir will be a picture of me with Sukulos, huh? Signed. Signed, Signed by both of us. Right. <laughs> Autographed, baby. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Before we switch gears and everything, I, I do want to just promote that one more time. Not Alien Con. I'm not promoting Alien Con. I'm promoting the fact that I am going to Alien Con. Pair Reality Radio will be there, and if I can figure out how to do some sort of live broadcast, I will do it. I don't know how. Well, actually, I do know how I can do it. I can commando it. I can do it. Oh, yeah. I can commando it. <laughs> that might get you some attention that you don't want. No, 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 not not that kind of commando. I can do a live broadcast. I can do a live remote from my phone. It can be done. I I can do it. But what I want to do is I want to I want to I want to interview somebody, not on my freaking phone 
commando style. I mean, I want to do a remote broadcast, like a, a true remote broadcast, like something like we were supposed to be able to do yeah. at uh, World UFO Day last year, that freaking disaster, and the people, God, that pissed me off to no end. That really Ugh. ticked me off. Oh, that little scatterbrained girl. Yes, because we were supposed to do a live broadcast from World UFO Day in Memphis, and we had, I had advertised it, I had uh, I had talked to people who were attendees there. We were having guests that were supposed to be there. And the stupid bitch that was in charge of it had no clue what she was doing. She totally screwed everything up. And we wound up not being able to do our broadcast mm-hmm. live. Actually, we could have if we would wanted to wait like two hours after we were supposed to go on. And I was right, so mad yeah, at that point in time. I was just like, screw it. Like, show a movie in the room that we were going to do the interview in? Well, we, we had, they had set us up in this room to, to do the broadcast. And I set up all the equipment, you know. And so it was sitting there all day. All day. Oh. It was sitting there all day. And nobody messed with it. That's a, that really shocked the hell out of me, too. But, yeah, I had the equipment. Everything was all set up. And then, because... Um, I had hell. We looked more official than the people who. Were doing oh my the god! Job. Tell me about it. So I had I had a I can't remember this stupid bitch's name, but I I had it all arranged through her that, you know, we were going to do this. She was all for it. She said, "Oh yeah, there's uh, there's internet there. You know, it's, you can get the Wi-Fi password and you can use except the internet and like except that no one bothered to get get the freaking Wi-Fi password. Yeah. So we were going to have to get. We finally figured out we were going to just steal. Luckily, the room we were in had computers in it, and they were all hooked up with the Ethernet cable. So we were just going to steal the Ethernet cable yes. and plug it into my computer. Yes. So we were all set to go. Three o'clock, we were going to do a one-hour live remote broadcast. Had it advertised, had guests lined up, and she had freaking people in the room we were supposed to use. There was an interview going on, and then they were going to show a movie in the middle of all this, and she wanted us to wait until all this, all this was over with, until about, what, 4.30 or yeah. 5 o'clock yeah. or something like that. And I was just so freaking steamed off about that, that about, what what I, I waited like 30 minutes, and I was like, fuck this, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of them doing all their stuff in there, we were making all this noise, packing up our shit, and we just left, and I was so mad. It's like I'm never going back. I'm never, never going to do it again. And she's not doing it again this year, probably because it was such a freaking disaster last year. She didn't know what the hell was was going on. That was just that was sad. If there had been some different person this year that was doing it in Memphis, I would totally have entertained the idea of going back. But yeah. Anyway, World UFO Days July second. Everybody, that's just right around the corner. So happy early World UFO Day. But anyway, I I want to do a remote from AlienCon. You should. You should. Uh, I I I'm probably going to do something very similar to what we were trying to do at World UFO Day, which is where I find some people, some attendees, and I'm like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And I have them come to the hotel room, and we and I do a remote from the hotel room. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be best. I am going to do a live. Uh, I'm gonna do a live commando thing because I've got an app on my phone that I can do it with, and it'll just look like I'm talking on the phone, dude. I'm gonna do it. 
I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna do a commando broadcast. Just, just, just get your Bluetooth right there. <laughs> I should get one. Get a Bluetooth. But yeah, I'm to, I'm totally, I'm totally doing it. Totally doing it. Awesome. Yes. As a matter of fact, this gives me an idea. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, Parareality Radio is going to be at Alien Con in October. And if you uh, are listening to the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you just happen to stumble across this episode or something, and you're going to be at Alien Con and you want to be on the podcast, let me know. Drop me a, an email, sandman at parareality.com. It's the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. Call the studio line, 615 615- Six nine two one one seven zero. So, okay. The remainder of the show, we're switching gears. Something that we haven't really talked a lot about in our last couple of of uh, skeptics nights. And by the way, you know that for the foreseeable future, skeptics night, you're going to have to come back once a year, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I, I know when I asked you to come back this year. You're like, well, well, what are we going to talk about? The same old stuff? We're going to rehash the same old stuff? And I'm like, no. But I didn't know what we were going to talk about at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, well, well, no, we're not going to talk about the same old stuff. We're, of course we're, not. We're, we're, we're going to talk about new stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're yeah, going to talk about new stuff. stuff. But one thing that we really have never talked about a lot, except for the chemtrail thing, mm-hmm. but we haven't really talked about conspiracy theories. So, are you a big-time conspiracy theorist? Do you have any conspiracy theories that you believe in, or do you think, for the most part, all conspiracy theories are bunk? Donald Trump is running a false flag campaign for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, do you... It makes perfect sense. How can somebody so fucking moronic be doing this. He's not a moron, dude. He's a super genius. And I'll tell you why I think this. First of all, I'm 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 not like I'm not a fan of either one of our presidential yeah, our potential them, presidential candidates right now. Both not of them not have a fan. Issues. But put it mildly. I think that Trump is actually a super genius. And here's why. He's a super ego. Well yeah, of course. But I think that he's 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 playing this very smart all he's doing is just voicing the opinion of the majority of Americans. Because the majority of Americans, think about this now, they feel exactly what he's saying. Well, be careful when you say majority of Americans, because you're saying that the majority of Republicans that voted no, in the primary... That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying what I mean. I think the majority of Americans feel what he's saying. Whether they're willing to voice that or not, he is the voice of the silent majority. People are feeling this way, but they're not voicing their opinion because it's not politically correct. And I think that he is giving a voice to that unpolitical correctness. Well, I I certainly agree with you to a point that Donald Trump represents America giving the middle finger to Washington, D.C. Because... Not just Washington, D.C. Illegal immigrants, freaking Muslims, 
you know, it's it's the majority. I think the majority of the people really do feel like what he's saying. Now, you're not going to get the majority of the people to come out and say that they feel that way because it's not politically correct. But those that are willing to to you know let jump on the bandwagon with this, you know, I, well, I'm a little reluctant to lump on the Latinos and the Muslims just because somebody isn't ragging on the Scottish doesn't mean that we all didn't come from somewhere else unless we were Native Americans. So I'm not going to go to those issues quite per se. But yes, I would certainly agree that Americans would be frustrated with the political system that we have right now that's essentially been ineffective for the last decade. And we're tired of it. And, you know, having somebody from the outside and someone who's bombastic and someone who says, yes, we're going to do it, you know, is is appealing. At, At the same time, Bernie Sanders essentially said the same sentiment, in my opinion, and was able to garner quite a majority of votes on the Democratic side. You know, not enough. Not enough. Well, I if it wasn't counting for the superdelegates that Clinton racked up, I think he could have had a shot. Yeah, maybe so. But I don't want to turn this into a political show. Although that's that not, would really be fun. Yeah, this this is this is not what this, this is, is about. This is not parareality. Yeah. Well, I don't not know. Not parapolitical <laughs> radio. <laughs> I don't know. If the <laughs> politics around here have been pretty para reality. That's for damn sure. But I mean, seriously, do do you really speaking? We're talking about conspiracy theories here. So, do you really think that that Trump is doing some sort of false flag campaign for Hillary? Really? It, 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 it's certainly possible. I mean, how the absolute boneheaded things that he has done. Which any person who would be politically minded would have known that, um, no, he probably shouldn't do this. What he has done, and it's, I, I'm just befuddled. But, by it but all. you know what would be totally effed up, though, if he is running a false flag campaign for Hillary and then winds up getting elected? I don't think then what? I don't think he'll get elected. I think that what he's going to do, being the egomaniac that he is, I think he's going to go into the convention, and the RNC is going to boot him out because he's so bad. I think Trump is being bad specifically on purpose, so that he wants to get kicked out, and then he can say, "See, they kicked me out." You know, they're just a bunch of nannies. You know, they can't handle it. You know, these are the corrupt people. He's, I think he is setting himself up for failure so that he can get out scot-free without quitting. We'll see in a few months. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, next month. We'll see what happens. Oh, it is next month. Yeah, that's right. So, but in all seriousness here, do you really subscribe to any... um, conspiracy theories or you just kind of think they're all kind of just you know bunk as I was saying earlier um the conspiracy theories that you don't know about are probably the real ones <laughs> how 
sounds that. <laughs> Speaking of political correctness, ladies and gentlemen, there it is at its finest. The, the conspiracies that you don't know about are the real ones. And that does it for the show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, okay. the more bizarre ones, you know, that just absolute fly in the face of common sense, of course, those are probably just absolute bunk. Um, like I was like I was alluding to earlier in the show, there was a there was a, a YouTube nut that you know was promoting video evidence of why the New Horizons mission was absolutely being faked by NASA. It's like, come on, dude! Like the moon really? landing, each and every moon landing was faked by yeah, NASA. And the moon landings were faked. Earth is flat too. Faked, and you know everything in there is a reflection. Of, oh, you know, why? Why would they even want to do something like that? You know, it, it's, it just makes my know. brain hurt. Um, but are there conspiracies out there? Well, yeah. You know, anytime that someone is in power, and anytime someone wants to control this or that or the other for their own benefit, and if they want to do it secret definition that's a conspiracy so hmm. just like you could have just this past few months you've had a Silicon Valley billionaire run a secret cam lawsuit campaign against a disreputable internet media company to try and bury them and he did it in secret yeah that's a conspiracy. And okay. what I'm referring to is I'm referring to the, uh, I can't remember the name of the person, it's Peter Thiel, I believe it was, that was financing not only Hulk Hogan's, but allegedly some other people's lawsuits against uh, the Gawker, Gawker Media website. We know they filed for bankruptcy after yes, the Hogan and, thing. Yeah, and the, yep, the Hogan won, and not only did he won, but he won, he won big. a stupid amount because... They got a Florida court of grannies to say, yeah, that Gunker Media plate is bad. And, you know, well, and, well, <laughs> you know, still, they're still reporting news. Hey, you know, I don't think he deserved the hundred and something million dollars no. that, that he got awarded, but did he deserve to get paid for what he went through? No. I think he did because he got screwed over and not in a good way. He got screwed over. Anyway, we'll agree to disagree on that. But is that a conspiracy? Yeah. You know, it's a conspiracy by somebody in power with a hell of a lot of money saying, okay, I'm going to take you to court until you run out of money, and then you have to capitulate. And he's doing it in secret by fronting other people. You know, so he's moving pawns for his game plan. That's a conspiracy. Yeah, it is. So That's true. Do conspiracies exist? Absolutely. And well, yeah. I mean, of course they do. Purpose and particularly, I think conspiracies are in the purview of people with power who don't want to be seen. Specific, okay, so specifically with people with lots of money. All right. So let me throw a couple of conspiracy theories out here. See what you think about. Them. We'll talk about that. Oh, by the way. What is uh, this hour's oh. adult beverage of yes. choice that I have provided for you? Tell everyone at home. This hour's broadcast <laughs> is brought to you by Small Town Breweries, not your father's root beer. 
ale with the taste of spices. Mm. Mm. Did you hear about the, uh, was I think it was TGI Friday's waitress that provided the kids with the not your father's root beer, root beer. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep. Think she got fired. She's a dumbass. Why? She's a dumbass. She deserved to be fired. So okay. It said root beer right here. <laughs> it does say root beer, but it also it's says really alcohol. <laughs> I don't see it. Look. Where? Oh, you know, in the small print. Government warning. Oh hell, that's like most soda pops nowadays they all have a government warning yeah everything should have a government warning so let me throw a couple of conspiracies theories out here and we'll talk about them see what you think okay do you think adolf hitler survived world war ii and lived his life out in relative safety and quietness in argentina is it possible i didn't ask if it was possible of course it was possible uh, well yeah of course it's possible i you know i just don't know enough about it i honestly don't know enough about it um i'm not an expert on world war ii although there's lots and lots and lots of interesting things about world war ii that we haven't covered which i think would be great fodder for you for some future episodes say for example the rape of nanking or things that Japanese did in China during late World War II. Oh, yeah, with their freaking human experiments. Yes. Yeah. That's that's rife for research, and you could do hours and hours and hours on that. Yeah. Um, it, I just don't honestly know enough. What would... Why would Russia... Well, of course, why would Stalinist Russia lie? That's a stupid question. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> Gee, let me yeah. tell you about this one. Um, well, you know, I'm not a expert on World War II. I am an, an amateur expert on Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party, though. Mm-hmm. When I say amateur expert, it's like, what the hell does that mean? I don't. Can I'm not like. I haven't written a book on it. I don't teach it in college or anything like that, but I have studied Hitler and the Nazi Germany, the Nazis, a lot, because I'm absolutely freaking, ever since I was a kid, have been fascinated with this. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to think that there is absolutely no way Hitler made out of that bunker alive. There are too many people in the bunker. There was one witness... I think it was his uh, chauffeur who said that he saw the body, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's just too much circumstantial evidence that said that he died. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I did uh, a, uh, what I call summer series. Uh, every summer I would do a, except for this summer, it's not going to work out this summer. But the, the last couple of summers I've done what I call a summer series where I'll take a a series of a, a topic, and I'll just have a series of shows about them. And a couple of years ago, I did uh, my summer series on the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And I I really used to think that Hitler, like I said, died. He shot himself, bit down on the cyanide capsule at the same time, took the coward's way out, as they say. And when I started doing research for that 
summer series, one of one of the shows that I did was did Hitler survive? And dude, I'm not so sure that he died mm-hmm. in that bunker anymore. They're so for all the circumstantial evidence that there is that he died, there's tons more that he lived. It's all circumstantial. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people have been convicted on circumstantial evidence. Yes. Um, and they even, uh, I say they, who was it? Was it the History Channel? I think it was a History Channel did a freaking, a whole entire series. I think it was 10 or 12 shows on, did Hitler <laughs> survive World War II? Did he make it? They had a freaking <clears throat> team of, like, federal uh, some dude was a federal marshal some there's some guy from the fbi that was ahead of the group and he had some military people and reporters and stuff i mean people who were you know like heavy duty who they tracked down people for a living and stuff and they tracked movements Mm -hmm. from the bunker all the way to argentina and we already know that there Mm -hmm. was at least three quarters of the Nazi party of the higher ups anyway that was living in Argentina, right. you know. So why is it such a big stretch that Hitler made it there too? Well, it habeas corpus, habeas corpus, right? Exactly. It, you know, no body, no crime. They don't have a body from where he killed himself in the bunker either. Right. They had a, a so skull fragment with a bullet hole in it that turned out to be a female. So is it is it possible? I think the first thing that I, that I want to ask about is that, okay, the Israeli Secret Service was all over getting Nazi war criminals during the post-war period. If they could have bagged Hitler, that would have been the biggest coup that the fledgling state of Israel could have ever done. Well, right? yeah. Right? Sure. So... If Hitler had lived, don't you think the Israel Secret Service would have been all over that like shit on sting? Don't you think that the FBI would have been all over that like shit on yeah, stink? Don't you think I that I mean, Stalinist Russia would have been on it like shit on stink? Well, why did after. why did why did Stalin lie? Because Stalin was paranoid of everything. Because Stalin was Stalin, yeah, but. Yeah, I I always say this. You have to when you're talking about conspiracy theories or anything paranormal or whatever, anything mysterious, you have to talk about two things. You have to talk about possibilities and you have to talk about probabilities. And you have to ask yourself the two questions. Is it possible? And the answer to that is always yes, cuz I think anything's possible. So you have to ask yourself number one, is is it possible? Yes. And then you have to ask yourself, is it probable? And that's, if you can't say that it's probable, then it probably doesn't exist, right? But is it is it possible that he survived and lived in Argentina? Yes, it's possible. Is it probable? I don't know. Do you th- would you I'm agree really that not sure. Hitler was a megalomaniac? I, yes. I would agree that Hitler was crazy as hell. Um, Do you think he would have lived out his life in pastoral comfort? That is where I have problems with the theory, is that he was so power hungry, and he had 
you know, this whole, I mean, he had Germany in the palm of his hand. He could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And he believed he was right in what he did. He believed that he was the savior of Germany. And in a lot of ways, he was. Because he was so evil and fucked up and crazy, he doesn't get credit for all the good things that he did for Germany, such as the Autobahn. Hitler's regime is responsible for building the Autobahn. Volkswagen. Yes. He had a hand in the development of the Volkswagen. You know, so he did some good things for Germany. Um, but unfortunately, all the bad stuff that he did far outweighs any, any of the good stuff. Yeah. And, he, and it, it, it always overshadows it. He's never going to get credit for it. But there's the, there's the problem that you brought up that I have with this the one thing that keeps me from saying yes I 100% positively believe that he lived in Argentina after the war was that he was so maniacal and power hungry you know that why would he just go and live his life in obscurity from you know the middle of 1945 all of the way up until I think 60 whatever when he died mm-hmm. so you're talking about 20 something years why would he just go do that unless he was sick, mm-hmm. which he was. He had Parkinson's disease. At least that's what they think. And if you look at the, the some of the video, the last videos that were shot of him, his, his hand was shaking and everything. So maybe, you know, maybe he was just so feeble. He was he was in a horrible health anyway. Mm-hmm. He, he was a vegetarian, and he didn't eat right. His teeth were all rotten. He was fucked up on drugs. Just the amount of drugs this dude had in his system would rival that of Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and speaking of Elvis Presley, do you believe the, in the conspiracy theory that Elvis Presley is still alive? Or that he didn't die in 70, whatever? Yes, I do. He's living in a nursing home right now <laughs> in Texas <laughs> under an assumed name, and he's defending the world against mummies. Mummies, yeah. Bubba Hotel. Which is a really funny movie, too. You should watch it. If anybody, I own that movie. It's great. If, if anybody is a fan of you know, um, Bruce Campbell, yes. you really need to see the that The chin. Movie. Yes. Well, yeah, it, Elvis is alive and living on an island with Jim Morrison. And, yeah. yeah. Somebody yeah. else. Somebody else. Somebody yeah. else. <laughs> JFK. 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 There you JFK. go. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I'm not even going to get in JFK no, conspiracy. No, I mean so, we've got we've got an autopsy on Elvis. We do have an autopsy on Elvis, but you know what? The the number one well, there's actually two things that people point to as Elvis is still alive. Number one, and these are in no particular order. There's only two. So, number one is that the body of Elvis in the coffin didn't look like Elvis. It, it. I mean, if you've seen the picture, uh, somebody from one of the rag national rag magazines, you know, um, actually snuck in there with a camera and was like, you know, mm. took a picture, or, or maybe it was no, it wasn't. It was somebody one of the national rag magazines paid like a cousin of his or something to go in there and do it. That's, mm. that, but it, it looks like. To me, it looks like Elvis, but it doesn't look like the Elvis of the 70s. It looks more like the Elvis from, like, maybe the 60s or, or, or whatever, you know. Um, and 
you can only see just a little bit of his face. But right. the people who were actually there and saw him say that it looked very waxy, not real, um, not like well, a real yeah, body like that's Elvis. That's what so, happens when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the theories with that is that um, Elvis's dad had actually gone to a wax museum and bought a wax replica of Elvis and put it in the coffin. Um, and there is a record. There is yes. Okay, you, see, y'all need to see my face right now. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm looking at it like, huh? And there is there is a record uh, of of this happening where his dad went and bought a wax replica before Elvis died, and supposedly uh, he said, uh, "Boy, you wouldn't believe what we're going to do with this," you know. <laughs> and but in the in in defense of of well not in defense but it, to argue that is that it, that's what happens when you die you don't look real i mean they yeah, put all the I pancake mean, makeup on you and all yeah, that you, elvis you was sick like as it. shit he was he he had you know he uh, a bowel obstruction he had all kinds of of white poo and it was white like clay in his colon so that tells you he had liver problems Every organ in his body was twice the size of what it should be. His diet was horrible. He was taking a cocktail of opioids, and uh, he would and he would take downers to go to sleep, uppers to get up. He had all these opioids in his system. Uh, opioids and downers will do what to your gastric motility? It'll slow them down. down. So he got freaking impacted. No surgeon in Memphis would operate on him because they were too scared that something would happen and he would die. So he had this big impaction that needed surgery. And, you know, they did... He was sick. Mm -hmm. He was bloated and fat and sick. And then they did an autopsy and cut his ass open. So... And not to mention the fact that before he even got transported to the hospital, he was found in the bathroom, face down on the floor, on and the had room. and had been there for a few hours before they found him. So you're going to have lividity's going to sit in. You're going to have rigor mortis that's going to start sitting in, and you're not going to look good. The body's not going to look good. So of course it didn't look like him. Of yeah. course, the funeral home did what they could do. And the second theory, and this is probably the most popular, is that Elvis's name is misspelled on his tombstone. Did you know this? No, I didn't. That's know. a very. I'm surprised. That's a very How popular. Did they that? Ah, but they didn't. So, Elvis is spelled correctly. His name was Elvis Aaron Presley. Yes. Elvis is spelled correctly. Presley spelled correctly. The Aaron is misspelled. On his birth certificate. And even in documents that he signed throughout his life, Aaron was spelled with only one A. Mm -hmm. On his tombstone, Aaron has two A's. A-A-R-O-N. Mm -hmm. So, conspiracy theories theorists point out to Elvis deliberately misspelled his own name on the tombstone because he didn't want to foreshadow. He, he, you know, he was such a... He believed he was an... He, believed in astrology and he was very superstitious he didn't want to spell his name correctly because he thought that would foreshadow him actually dying mm -hmm. so conspiracy theorists go aha his name is misspelled he did that on purpose 
he's not really dead. He's living on the desert island with Jim Morrison and JFK, you know. But you go back and you say, uh oh, oops, I did that. Oh, there we go. Okay, little glitch. Sorry. So you you go back and and you say, well, he misspelled his name, you know. But you look at records and you find out that before he died, he started spelling his middle name A-A-R-O-N. And he even told his dad, I'm going to start spelling my middle name A-A-R-O-N. And I don't know why he started doing that. What What's the big deal about that? But even though that's not how it's spelled on his birth certificate, that's how he started signing his middle name right. when he was signed Elvis Aaron Presley. So... That's how they put it on his tombstone because that's the how way he, he wanted. That's the way he wanted his right. name to be spelled. So they didn't go back to his birth record. They just that's just, the way it was Elvis, Elvis and that's right. the way he wanted it. Right. So yeah, good enough for me. Yeah. So I just shot down that whole conspiracy theory right there. You know, there's there's really a third thing that you have to include when you're analyzing conspiracy theories. It's not only probability or possibility, but you also have to analyze motive. What is the motive behind people who promote conspiracy theories? Have you ever asked yourself that? I think the majority of it is they just want their name out there. Gives them their 15 minutes or whatever. Is there a pattern to the type of people who espouse conspiracy theories? Well, most of the time they're really weird. Well, most of the time they're really weird. Is it, do people have a sense of disenfranchisement with mm. so, with something in society that they feel that there's a secret out there and you're being kept from it because you're not in the group? Or in the case of Elvis, for example, do people not want to believe he is dead because he meant so much to them and they just don't want to accept the fact? Is there in, in the case of Elvis, I think that's true. Is is there something in the... But he'd be dead now anyway, so it doesn't... So, so would Hitler, yeah. so... Well, okay. Here, this may be on tangent right here, but... Have you ever noticed in the public media nowadays, movies or or whatnot, that there is a trend to have stories where the government is completely corrupt and ineffective and it is falls upon one lone hero who is outside of the system to set things right? Most of the time, it's the television reporter themselves. Tune in tonight for our investigative reporter, Steve Smith, as he breaks this down. You know, it's it's fear-mongering, dude. It's fear-mongering. That's what the the media has been doing for decades, is fear-mongering. But it's also, my point is that I'm trying to make, is that it's also a very popular story contriver. That, that that was not the right word. Con- Have con- some more of this root beer. Yes. <laughs> Trope, I think, is the word that I'm looking for. You know, it just, it's, 
it, because everybody buys it. Yeah, everybody believes, oh yeah, that's completely possible, you know, because the government is completely inept, because the government has been completely inept for at least the past decade. Longer than that. <laughs> and, you know, it makes perfect sense to us that the government would be doing its own nefarious plots and or would be completely ineffective at neutralizing a threat or achieving a goal or anything like that and it falls back upon our hero who is outside of the system and is not really a hero because he doesn't play by the rules or anything like that to go out and save the day. I mean, that's the entire theme of the current rage in, in our public media right now and all the superhero movies that are coming out. All that's true. TV shows. Yeah. You know, this is this is a mythology that we're telling ourselves in our stories to ourselves every day is that you know the government is can't do it or they're trying to hide something from us conspiracies are but there's a deeper level than that I believe I think there's something about whether we're succeeding in our lives or whether we're being able to make it in this society or not if you're not making it or if you're struggling to make it but you see that other people are that makes you feel that they're part of a clique or a group or they have something that you don't and you're not allowed in that group the Illuminati the Illuminati so the question becomes what is that group you know is it is it really that much of a leap to go to a conspiracy theory, I, I think it's a really easy leap to jump to. You know? Well, I've got a a uh, a friend of mine. His name is Isaac Weishaupt. He does a he's an author, and he's also he also does a podcast. It's called uh, Oh God, it's some sort of long freaky name. Oh, I'm so sorry, Isaac. I can't remember what the name of your freaking podcast is something to do with conspiracy theories oh, i'm sorry dude <laughs> i can't remember i had it in my head and now it's gone uh, it, he's big time into the illuminati thing and his you've mentioned it before yeah uh he, the illuminati as far as he's concerned is a catch-all mm-hmm. for a big conspiracy theory. is this is this to do with the beyonce jay-z yes oh, yes 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 his thing with the is that the Illuminati basically control the entertainment industry, i.e., uh, especially the music industry. And he's written several books on the subject, and uh, he has a like I say, he has a podcast. Uh, and some of the things that he mentions, and he's written several books. I've only read uh, one of them. Um, it's called Magic Behind the Mic. Mm-hmm. And it, it, actually, I've read two of them. I take that back. Magic Behind the Mic was the second one. We're looking at our books or CD yeah. collections. Yeah, where is it? It's over there somewhere. Uh, the first one. Sorry about that. I had to go. It's called a grand unified theorist, a grand unified conspiracy theory, 
The Illuminati, Ancient Aliens, and Pop Culture. And it's written by my, my buddy Isaac Weishaupt. And after it, it, when you read this, this is like uh, kind of like an overview of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And when you read this and you and you read his his other book, Magic Behind the Mic, and you go to his website and you you read some of the things he talks about and the symbolisms and stuff, it's hard to not think, hey. He's right. He's onto something. And what really got me believing that he might be onto something was when I started noticing pictures of celebrities covering up one eye or making the triangle sign. And this whole thing with covering up one eye has something to do with the Illuminati, and I can't I cannot remember exactly how it goes up in there. Symbolize the all seeing eye. Uh, I think probably that's what it is. I, I, it's been a couple of years since I've read the books, and I, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But it's, I mean, it's hard to not, you know, think, hey, he's he's on to something there. Um, and then once you, once you have your eyes opened mm-hmm. to that, then you start seeing it everywhere. It's really weird how how it works now. I had to say that I think he's really out there with a lot of the things that he believes in and everything, and I don't necessarily um, agree with all of his theories. But I think he is onto something. I do believe that he's onto something. So, do you think that I'm not? And I'm not going to use the term Illuminati because that's that's not what I'm talking about. But do you think that there is a, a group that controls what's going on in the entertainment industry? In other words, if you want to be rich and famous, if you went, if you just was in your head, I want to be the next big pop star or rap artist or whatever, do you think that there's a group that says, okay, I will make you rich and famous, but you're going to have to do this for me. You're going to have to promote this symbolism for me. Yeah, it's called Coca-Cola. <laughs> Touche. Or McDonald's. Or, oh, you know, God, so I hate McDonald's. May they burn hell. Why not? <laughs> why not? But, you know... I... Alright, I'm going to go here. Alright. I don't if, know. Here we go. If, if you are Latino and you are being put down, who are you being put down by? The white man. You don't have to have a conspiracy theory because, you know, you're being put down by the white man. It's pretty freaking obvious. If you are black and you are being repressed and you're being put down, do you need conspiracies to figure out who's putting you down? Nope. It's Mr. Whitey. It's pretty (laughs) freaking obvious. Now, if you're white and you're being put down, who's to blame? Wait a minute. The government. White people? No, it's the government. They're doing the, the Illuminati. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yes, dude. Dude, I think I, the I, the, people, the black the people who are promoting conspiracy theories. Number one, they're white. Number two, they may have a little bit of education, but not really a lot. Number three, they're figuring out. Yes. They're pointing out the truth. Wake up, sheeple, because sheeple. they are 
they see machinations that are keeping them from obtaining whatever in the world they want to obtain. You know, you have to look at motivation. And I just probably insulted just a hell of a lot of people out there by saying that, but yes, I went there. You surely did. But it's it's really important to think about that. You know, do you have a motive? Is there a reason why you happen to think the way that you think? You know, do you think that somebody is out there keeping you down with their thumb on you, keeping you from whatever destiny or whatever goal that you're trying to obtain and you're yes. seeing ghosts out there and people after you I mean could it be rich people in corporate America that's keeping you down could it be the government that's trying to keep secrets from you what is it ask yourself that question I mean I think it's really important that you consider that motivation as far as well as probability and possibility touche sir so maybe I have to add a third question to my my list of two <laughs> something to think about possibility probability and motive it's actually something I never thought about and it's very simple so well we're running out of time. That about does it for uh, this edition of Periality Radio. The, the grand return of the Sandman here. With yeah, woohoo! So uh, I really appreciate you when I called you up and said, "Hey, I, 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 I got to get motivated and everything here. I want you to come on." Uh, you didn't hesitate. Not a bit, except for maybe a, a momentary second. But. No, really. I, when, well, when you told me I had to do it, and then you died, died, I realized, <laughs> and then well, I said yes. <laughs> it, it makes the show more interesting. Yes, uh, when, yes it when does. you do it, when you do it nude. Um, of course, well, I'm, you should see what we're doing under the table <laughs> with our feet. But, no, but in all seriousness, you know, you 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 didn't hesitate when I said I I need, I need to come back on, and I you know I need it. I need to come back on on a good and a positive way and have something interesting. And I, you didn't hesitate, and I appreciate it. And uh, well, thank you, and thank all the listeners. Too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I hope that uh, um, you're gonna come back on again. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Done. You shouldn't Anytime. have said that. You shouldn't have said that. Anytime. Co-host right here. Co-host. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> well. Everybody, this has been my guest, scientist, medical professional, confirmed skeptic, Mr. John Harrison. If you'd like to get in touch with John about anything that we've he's talked about tonight or have a question for him, want to leave him a comment, just come through me, email me, sandman at parareality.com, and I will forward your email or your message on to Mr. Harrison just to keep you know his privacy intact. He has asked that I not to give out any of his personal information, and I, I do respect that. And uh, it's as a conspiracy, he doesn't want you to know right. how to get in touch with how to get in touch with him. So, but seriously, if you uh, would like to uh, talk to Mr. Harrison, ask him a question, have a comment for him, that's right. Just email me sandman at parareality com, and I will forward your comment, question, suggestion, whatever, on to Mr. Harrison. Everybody, that does it for tonight's episode of Parareality Radio. Um, normally, I have been I've been doing it on the first Friday of every month. However, uh, 
This is not the first Friday of June. And the next episode of Parareality Radio is not going to be on the first Friday of July. But I am going to do one sometime within the first couple of weeks of July. I just don't know exactly when yet. But I will, after that, I will get back on some sort of a regular schedule and uh, have everything back to normal. So uh, on behalf of my guest, Mr. John Harrison, once again, thank you for being on Parareality Radio. I am going to uh, get the hell out of here and um, call it a night. Um, Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Good night, everybody, and I will see you next month.